Super Talk Mississippi media production. Well, free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Broadcasting from the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel this afternoon. This is Bob Getty along with Kelly and Luke, and we're glad you're with us on uh, this edition of the Eagle Hour on the Super Talk Radio Network. I want to thank our good buddies at Dickie's Barbecue Pit for their support of our show, as always. I encourage you, if you're looking for a great family meal, or maybe you're going to cater the opening of baseball, which I'm actually going to do. A week from today? Uh, yes. No, and, tomorrow. Uh, week from tomorrow. tomorrow. And Dickies would be the place to call. Boy, we talk about a great way to kick off baseball. That would be a catering uh, from Dickies Barbecue. All right, big basketball uh, in town tonight as the Lady Eagles play a huge game against UAB. The men are on national TV tonight, I believe, on the road against UAB. We're going to talk about all of that later. Also, I'll give you a, a look at what we're going to have on the show for you tomorrow as well. But first, we want to go down to New Orleans with our good buddy Patrick McGee with NOLA.com. And, uh, Patrick, lots of news to talk to you about down at the Big Easy. But I want to start uh, not with New Orleans, but yesterday afternoon we had Larry Fedora on the show and, uh, of course, the, the, the new coach of the New Orleans Breakers and had a great conversation uh, with Coach Fedora. Had some interesting things to, to, to relate to us about the USFL and – how they're going to try to get off on sound financial footing by playing all the games in one city and cutting down on travel, that sort of thing, which all made financial sense. But is it too early? Has has there been any buzz at all in New Orleans about the Breakers' uh, reemergence and uh, and Larry Fedora? What? Well, really? No. I mean, it's 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 really not going to be a buzz until we're probably getting out there and they're playing games. Mm-hmm. No, I think it's everybody's kind of right. in a wait and see mode. And uh, if you haven't noticed, it's been, you know, everybody's been pretty distracted with everything as it relates to the Saints. <laughs> right, right. Uh, so much going on. So it's 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 hard for them to break through. I know my story that I wrote on Fedora getting the uh, breaker's job did pretty well on the web, and people read that. But uh, mm-hmm. overall, it's it's still everybody, they don't really know what it is yet. Uh, uh, they're it's, it's really going to take them playing football games. It would be a lot easier if they're playing here in New Orleans, obviously. Um, it, honestly, it, it would be. I mean, it's not that far from Birmingham to New Orleans. If there's one team that could pull it off this year, it would be mm-hmm. uh, it would be the New Orleans team. But obviously, that's not going to happen. Uh, I think some fans will probably watch from a distance out of curiosity. But uh, it, it's going to take them really kind of getting here uh, to build that interest. You know, one time the Breakers were pretty successful, I thought, in the old USFL down in New Orleans. Would you have any idea? Would they be playing? In the Superdome, you think they might be play at Tulane Stadium when they do finally come? Has there been any word about that? No, there really hasn't. I haven't really hasn't made anybody really contact, honestly, um, uh, in terms of where they would play. I, I think Tulane makes sense. Uh, the only problem there is it's not the most accessible stadium, mm-hmm. um, uh, just in terms of parking and and all that. Uh, but I mean, size wise, and you know, it's a newer stadium, nice enough. And uh, but I mean, I. I I think they're, the, you know, the USFL team back in the day played in the Superdome, and 
And I, you know, if they want to get numbers, if they want to build interest in the market, I think uh, they would probably be wise to maybe give a run at the Superdome if possible. I'm not even, you know, I'm not even sure if that's a reality because I mean, the Superdome has stuff going on. But, you know, that spring, them that spring, they may have two big concerts they get in the way or something like that. You know? right, right. So it's it. There's a lot of things that have to be figured out. And and really, New Orleans is not too hot in the spring. You know, in the midsummer, then you're yeah. you're ta- playing outdoors. I'm saying so. Tulane would would make a lot of sense. Patrick, where the Bensons have owned the New Orleans Saints, are there individual owners for these USFL teams? Who owns the New Orleans license plate, so to speak? Uh, well, I mean, it's it's a as far as I can tell, it's basically solely owned by Fox Sports. Uh, hmm. They're they're the ones who are kind of running this operation. And, uh, you know, that's, that's, to me, that's kind of a, a good first step for the league to kind of get up on that foot, uh, because, it, you know, they're going to be guaranteed TV exposure. They have a, uh, financially sound, uh, you know, organization that owns them. So I, you know, it, it's, it's, it's off. I think that's a not, you know, a good place to be. Uh, you know, you see ESPN owns all these bowl games. <laughs> they just keep adding, uh, bowl games every year in a situation where you have a, uh, football league owned by a TV league. It's kind of it, that. That's interesting. And it, if if something's going to uh, work well outside of the fall season and in the spring and, and just outside the NFL, I think it does make sense that say a Fox or an ESPN would own a league like this. And when they kick off, you'll have two former Conference USA coaches, uh, Fedora and yeah. Holtz, uh, coaching in the league. And someone. And someone. Yeah. And, and someone. someone. Yeah, yeah. 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 You're going to have a repeat of the. Uh, uh, 2011 Conference USA Championship game, uh, <laughs> uh, two coaches going head to head. Yeah, I mean it's it's and I, the through the TV deal, they're going to have games aired on both NBC and Fox. And that's the big, uh, the two big networks. So, uh, and that's that's not unusual. Both the XFL and the and the AAFL before that, they had some n- national exposure on the big networks: CBS, NBC, uh, I think ABC, Fox. So that doesn't equal success, but it's a good thing. Yeah, Luke, uh, as you remember, Coach Fedora said yesterday, this is not going to be a gimmick league like it was when the wrestling people. This is just going to be football and, uh, you know, a, a good brand of football, he hopes. Yeah, he did. Um, Patrick, one of the things that, that he kind of mentioned, I don't know if you've heard it all and, and maybe not, but it may not have been for public release yet, but he said they were tweaking a few rules just to kind of make it more fan-friendly. And like I said, I don't think it's going to be like a, you know, a, like, XFL back in the day, you could just blow people up. But we did ask Larry Fedora when he talked to Kevin Sumlin a few weeks ago if Sumlin remembered that 2011 football game, and he said yes, he remembered it very vividly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that was that game was was pretty entertaining, and if you were a Southern Miss fan, you were in heaven. You know, I mean that was that's one of those games that you kind of put on the list of games that you're always going to remember. I just wonder from a geographic standpoint, you guys. All these USFL teams are generally in the southeastern corner of our country. In order for something to really be successful, it's got to. Well, now they have a Michigan team and a New Jersey team. In New Jersey and Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah, but okay, well, let's just take the the eastern third of the country. Well, I mean, with nothing, you know, necessarily out on the West Coast, I mean, Houston's about as far west as you go. I just wonder from a national platform. is well, one gonna... thing that's clear is the stench of the Philadelphia Eagles has already permeated the Philadelphia franchise, even though they haven't played, Kelly. Well, how, how would... I, I, I think one thing to take note on this is I, I think a lot of these teams have uh, here recently been in the spring league. The West Coast teams haven't done very well uh, in terms of attendance and stuff like that. So maybe maybe there's some thought of that that goes into the league. 
Right. Yeah, the, uh, the the Rams struggle with home field advantage like throughout the NFL playoffs, uh, <laughs> uh, for sure. Patrick, um, switch gears to the Saints. Uh, looks like Dennis Allen is going to be Sean Payton on the other side of the ball. He's going to continue to be a, a play caller uh, for, for defense. And uh, before we talk offense, I think everybody's asking the question about what are they going to do with OC. But well, what do you think Dennis Allen's going to do with the defensive coordinator? Is he just going to add another coach, or is he going to have officially a D.C.? Well, I think we'll have a official DC, but like you said, I mean, I guess Pete Carmichael was official OC as well. But it was Peyton for the that was running that show. I think you're right that he'll be you know in charge of the defensive side and have somebody that he likes to work with at defensive coordinator. Who that is right now, I don't know. I know Aubrey Pleasant, Aubrey Pleasant, who's on the staff at Detroit, has been mentioned as well. Uh, but it, it remains to be seen. It's kind of interesting how we you know on the offensive side you got. Uh, Doug Marone and, and another guy who was with the Jets and the Saints previously. His name escapes me at the moment, but those are both guys that worked with Peyton, uh, you know, with the Saints. So I knew I was always wondering if Marone was going to kind of fit into the picture on offense uh, if Peyton left and and Allen got the job. And obviously, he was like, yeah. must have been the first guy he called. Uh, I, it doesn't look like he's going to be the coordinator. I, I think it's a positive if he's able to be the offensive line coach and kind of focus on that. What what has been you know this, this coaching cycle Saints for the last uh, team to name a coach they interviewed Flores and Doug Peterson Aaron Glenn Eric Bieniemy Allen got the job what's been the I guess, I guess yesterday was was the first official day what has been the reaction in the city I, I think it's been generally positive it's not one of those things where everybody's you know jumping out of their seats and, yeah they, we got the guy we want I mean it's it's it was just assumed that he was probably going to be the lead candidate and he's been around New Orleans the franchise for so long. And it, the, I've always thought if they wanted to win right now, say in 2022 and 2023, Allen made a lot of sense. Now, I, I could get the kind of critique, well, what, what about three or four years from now and kind of building something that's long-lasting? I, I get that. Uh, so it, it's kind of wait and see on if if they can kind of uh, uh, win right now plus build for the future, and that's that's really hard to do. And uh, that's really the task for Mickey Loomis and Dennis Allen, and Allen wants to be involved on the personnel side. But the, the reaction here on local level has been generally positive, uh, just because it made sense from a lot of different angles. He's a guy that's got head coaching experience. Of course, he was coaching a bad football team, and that, you know he was I think 39 at the time he got that job. So uh, he's he's aged now, and he's aged well, and he's done really well on the defensive side for the Saints. So I think people are excited in that way. Did you stick around, Patrick? Yeah, I can hang around. All right, we're going to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. That's Southern Miss basketball at Kelly Sander on the other side of the break. To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Well, the good, bad, and ugly is pretty obvious. The good is uh, Lady Eagle basketball. The bad right now is men's basketball. And I don't know, Kelly, what do you think the third one was? Hmm, things that make you go, hmm. (laughs) 
Kelly is ugly. So we're yeah, good. that's exactly right. That's why Patrick's Thanks, on Patrick. the show. He's so is he, he? He can see through the. He can see wow. through the fog, Xander. The guy who recommends that Blue get his own Instagram profile. And you get trash. Yeah. And I, <laughs> all right. This it was a compliment, sports. man. It was a compliment. Yes. Patrick was... Anyway. Sponsored by Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net. Uh, we appreciate all they do. Have to go by and see them before uh, the opening of baseball next weekend. I guarantee they got great baseball apparel. At the end of this segment, here's what we're going to start doing. We're going to do this every day. We'll give away two tickets to the opening game and two Eagle Hour t-shirts. And we're going to start that at the bottom of this segment. So I'll be listening for your chance to win. But right now we're talking to Patrick McGee from NOLA.com. Patrick, let's talk a little basketball. Uh, uh, The men and women are at UAB tonight. You know, this is probably the best year that Joy Lee McNellis has had in some time now in first place of the Western Division and uh, playing UAB tonight in what's a huge game for her program. And then the men... Uh, boy, about as bad a rut uh, as you could imagine. So your, your thoughts on the basketball season? Well, yeah, I mean, it, you have to give Joy Lee credit with as much as she's gone through the last few seasons. And, and you know, it's not always been at a high for Joy Lee, but she's been consistently – her teams have been consistently competitive. And they're back up and, and playing at a, at a high level in the conference. I'm really happy to see that. As far as the men's team goes, I mean, you, you just have not seen any progression whatsoever out of this program after you know in the last three seasons you're and you're starting to wonder about the direction of the program as a whole i you know i don't know you know there's probably going to have to be a decision made after the seasons are with uh the men's program is really in a, a rough state and it's just not getting better i i thought the players he put together uh ladner put together the season was a, was a decent group and he, they've had some tough luck with an injury or two but uh it's to to be in this rough a spot it's it's not a good sign your thoughts about that, Luke? Is uh, well. Let, let me go back to Patrick, and then Luke can jump in here. Jay Ladner on the hot seat, or does Jay Ladner get another year? Well, he may get another year, but I mean, anytime you lose the, this, this many basketball games, you're going to be on the hot seat. It doesn't matter, you know, whether you're at Tulu or you're at Southern Miss. You know, I mean, it's it's this this kind of a result is is not going to be accepted by any athletic director. Uh, but that, I'm not saying he he's done after this season, but uh, they really have to have that conversation. Right. Any hope tonight, Luke, of a big win for the men? That would be. I huge. mean, UAB is good, eighteen and five. Yeah. Kennedy knows what he's doing over there. Yet, I mean, it's basketball. It's why you play. So, um, Patrick, here, here's what I think. Some people get this. I think some people don't understand the magnitude of it. Basketball brings in. The amount of money that it is it is a hypothetically could bring in from just like one right. NCAA tournament appearance, and you know you're now in in New Orleans, you know some of some of those numbers, and I think the average sports fan, you always go to football, but they don't realize how sneaky a good basketball program will put a, a program, particularly like Southern Miss or an athletic department like Southern Miss, into the black fairly quick. Yeah, and it helps to be part of a good basketball conference. Uh, you know, back in the day, whenever Southern Miss was in the same conference as Memphis, and even going back to Cincinnati, everybody kind of benefited from that. And Southern Miss going into the Sun Belt, you're not really going into a situation like that. Uh, but if you're in a good conference and you're playing other good teams and you're putting multiple teams in the NC2A tournament, it makes a huge difference for the conference as a whole and the program as is. I mean, you have to be, to be you know, in a program like Southern Miss, 
you're not going to pack it in 7,000 people every night. But you've got to, you know, you've got to win. You've got to be competitive. You've got to give yourself a chance to get in the discussion of the, at least the NIT, the NC2A. You've got to be in that hunt at the end of the season. And just Southern Miss hasn't been there, aside from whenever Doc Sadler's last season, where they were, they were kind of an NIT talk, really had a chance to win the conference tournament. So in some shape or way, I mean, basketball is just going to continue to wither unless they really kind of make more of a commitment. I know they're looking at improving facilities there at Reed Green. And, uh, you know, the discussion of whether the make a change comes in, if you're going to a new conference, do you want to go ahead and make a change before you jump in and, and, and jump into a new league and maybe kind of trying to build something from there? So, you know, you're right. If you want to make money in basketball, uh, you, you've got to be competitive. And right now, Southern Miss just isn't that. Here's some other things to keep in mind. First of all, Southern Miss is the only school in the conference that flies on private planes. I'm, I'm saying on commercial. commercial. Every other, yeah. every other team charters their flights. There's been at least two, maybe three trips this year where the mess in the airline industry, Southern Miss has fallen victim to. You know, we heard about the, the trip mm-hmm. to San Antonio where they had to get on a bus and drive all the way to El Paso mm-hmm. from San Antonio. Their trip, the last Florida trip here, they had some problems with commercial airlines. All right, so they're, they're, every other team charters their planes, so there's no, no problems with airports. The guys had to stay in airports, you know, overnight. So you look from a funding standpoint, you know, the, the Eagles are behind, right. are behind the, the eight ball uh, there. And do you realize that since Christmas, and I think I'm right about this, since Christmas, the Eagles have had four, and we're almost in the middle of February, four home games. That's it. Everything else has been on the road. Now, they've got four coming up at home, and I'm not saying that they're going to win all four by any means, but I'm just saying when you look at the particular set of circumstances that the Eagles have had to deal with this year, it's been really brutal. And it's all, it's all, it has all come together at the same time, which is why, to a large degree, I think you've got this result. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it all goes part, you know, making a larger investment, finding a way to bring in money, and it's just, it's just tough from the start if you just kind of everybody kind of starts the season without much hope, and then they kind of get re- reminded that yeah, we're not very good, you know. So there just has to be a. Uh, it's tough to make a huge investment on the on the front end when they just the money isn't rolling in through attendance or any in any other way. You know, they just have to find a way to generate revenue and get that basketball team. It's basketball a tough job, going. isn't it, Patrick? Being the head oh, basketball yeah, it, coach here, Southern the Southern's head coaching job uh, for basketball is is one of those that's that's pretty lowly regarded just because of you can get players into Southern Miss. You know, you don't have you know it, 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 you can do that, but it's just it's tough. You know, I mean the the facilities have, you know, they've got a good locker room. They've got a good weight room. They've got a good meeting room. The arena is what it is. And Southern Miss Hattiesburg is just located in kind of a basketball basketball black hole. It's just not a great <laughs> area right. for basketball. Even New Orleans exactly is not right. a great basketball town. And, you know, it's, exactly it's, right. yeah. and here's the other problem that, that Jay or anybody else is going to have to deal with. Now with the transfer portal, at the first sign of anything going south, you know, they're what are, gone. Half your team's gone. I mean, 25 years ago, that probably wouldn't happen. It would have happened. Yeah, it, w- it couldn't happen. It couldn't happen. Right? Yeah. Right. But now, uh, if you know, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. I think that's going to be the biggest test, you know, is, is keeping right. guys on board. Patrick, um, only two minutes left. But I, I can't let you leave without doing that. Kelly, 
so far hasn't shown up in his Tiger Stripe outfit. Something kind of tells me it could happen tomorrow. But we're just about what three or four days away now from Kelly's dream coming true. The Cincinnati Bengals. Hard to get that out of your mouth. It just seems so odd. The Cincinnati Bengals and the Los Angeles Rams in the Super Bowl. How do you see this thing shaking out, Patrick? Well, I mean, I, I've been really impressed with the Bengals and how they've gotten to this point. I, you can't help but be impressed. Uh, but I, I think maybe the one flaw that's that's shown up here or there that they've managed to overcome is the offensive line protecting Joe Burrow, and they're going up against a really good front seven defensive line of the Rams. And I, I think that's maybe what decides is that the Rams are going to be able to get to Joe Burrow and maybe force a turnover to go get, get multiple sacks, get some hits on him. So I, at, at this point, I, I think – Things you know look like they're trending towards the round. Of course, the Bengals have been counted out by a lot of people, including me, up to this point. But I mean, I I just you know it, right now I'd, I'd like to see Matt Stafford get that first Super Bowl. He's played for a lot of losing teams, and I, mm. at this point, I think I would have to give it to the Rams. Your rebuttal, Center? My rebuttal is the Titans sacked Joe Burrow <laughs> nine times, and they still beat yeah. the Titans. Sure. And yeah, then sure. the offensive line cleaned it up against the Chiefs, and he was only sacked once, and we beat the Chiefs. The Bengals are a team of destiny. And after what you just said on the air, Patrick, the 50 bucks that I owe you from last year's Super Bowl, you will never see. <laughs> so, I, I had forgotten totally about yeah, it. No. I know. Real quick, Patrick, a score. Uh, I'll take like Rams 31 to 20. Ooh, a spanking, Santa. A butt whipping, yeah. A butt whipping. Well, hey, Patrick, before we let you go, give me top two names for Saints OC job. Oh, God. Well, the enemy already mentioned him. Uh, uh, I mean, Marone obviously is there, and I think if things go, maybe not the they can't get the big name. I think eventually Marone may be the guy. So yeah. no Leftwich, no Joe Brady back in Louisiana. No, I think Brady's kind of destined to be a position coach for a bit until he kind of uh, uh, gets things going again. I don't think he's an OC for a bit. All right, Patrick, thanks. Ellis Johnson's available, I'm just saying. He's tan, he's rested. Uh, Patrick McGee from (laughs) NOLA.com next week, Patrick. All right, would you like to go to the baseball games next weekend? Friday, opening day, 4 p.m., Saturday, 2 p.m., North Alabama. we got two tickets to each game, Kelly Center, and two Eagle Hour T-shirts that you can wear. They're brand new. Call me at 601-264-8910. 2648910. We'll hook you up. We'll be right back. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, welcome back to the Eagle Hour. I want to thank Patrick McGee for joining us from NOLA.com. Also want to thank our good buddies at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Uh, you can be sure they'll have the big game on Sunday afternoon. They'll have great food as well. They have great lunch every day, Monday through Friday. And it's now nine ninety-five. Kelly. I learned that yesterday. Is it? Okay. In- inflation, inflation has finally Well, hit. honestly, it's about time. Oh, it's it's you know? way past time. Yeah. Uh, you know, my God, Biden's been the president for a year now. Right. Everything's catching up. Okay, we want to thank uh, we want to thank everybody for calling in. Uh, we do have a winner uh, for our tickets and T-shirts. And boy, 
Talk about a, a, a just a lucky a lucky uh, dial. Kenny Jett of Hattiesburg is the winner of the uh, two pairs of tickets for opening weekend and two Eagle Hour T-shirts. And Kenny's talking to us off the air, and you actually played high school baseball for the legendary Hill Denson. Uh, yeah, I was on the team. I don't know how much I played. You we said had a pretty good team back then. Now, you said something interesting about Coach Denson had a, a ritual that you had to do with your shoes before you were allowed to play. Uh, you had to polish your shoes before every game. <laughs> we, 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 well, we were a pretty good team, but we looked good, too. Yeah, you always looked good. I think you said you were oh, the yeah. you were the tenth man on a nine man team. Is that what you said, Mister? Uh, that's about it. I backed up second, third, and short. <laughs> I did pitch uh, batting practice. Oh, there you was, go. So that well, that way I got to go on every road trip. Oh, I got you. Unfortunately, I did that too, but I was in the lineup when that was happening. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right. batting practice. No, so I was, I was a little bit short. So was was Hill Denson the character way back then that he is now? Uh, he has a uh, a great sense of humor, and he looks at things at a very different different way. You know. Yep. Uh, I sat on the bench with him a lot when I was in high school because when you're not playing, and he would say some pretty funny stuff sometimes. Yeah, and he dated the, and, then Judy Moon Denson. Right. Yeah, I knew Judy Moon Denson way back. And the day I was on coffee with Judy a couple of times. How about her. that? So you're from yeah. Hattiesburg now. What do you do, Mr. Jett? I work for a nonprofit Southern Mississippi Family and Development District, and I work with uh, youth 16 to 24, helping them get GEDs and helping them learn how to work. Well, good. I need them to pay taxes so I can retire. There you go. Well, well, good for you. And you're a Southern Miss guy. You're a Southern Miss, uh, former Southern Miss student as well. Oh, yeah. I was at Florida State when we beat them 62 to 10. Well, we just can't think of anybody better uh, to win our first giveaway of the baseball season. So here's what we've got. We've got two tickets to the Friday opener against North Alabama. We've got two tickets to the Saturday game against North Alabama. And we're going to give you two brand-new Eagle Hour T-shirts. Hopefully, you'll wear those to the game. And uh, listen, we uh, we greatly appreciate you listening to our show. And uh, congratulations. Thank you so much. I'll be there. Okay, I'm gonna get it. Wear a shirt. All right, there you go. I'm gonna get in touch with you after the show and let you know where you can pick your stuff up. Okay, thanks. See All you right. later. Thanks a lot, Kenny Jett, Everybody, the first winner. We'll give away. We'll give away some tickets tomorrow. We'll give away tickets every day. Counting down to the. Uh, Countdown to the remote that we do next uh, Friday at the at the ballpark, and that sounds really good because I don't. I'm sure you everybody saw this past week in a release from the university that the season ticket yes, sales final number completely obliterated the old record. No so, question. Yeah, about twenty twenty five hundred. So uh, every Wednesday night we have small group in our church. Ben Wimpigler, who is uh, basically one of the one of the dudes in the, in the ticket office, he and I were discussing that last night. And he was just, he was smiling in one way and he was just like exhausted in the other way. And how it was really cool to hear how on the inside, like how excited they were. Because my first question was, I was like, all right, Ben, is this like companies? Like, no, dude, this is like individuals. He's like, yeah, the companies, you know, they, they did their own thing. He said, but the, the difference between 2020 when they set the record, I think it was somewhere in the 1800 range. This year they've eclipsed twenty five hundred. He said it is it is led by the great majority 
of individuals, of families, and just Golden Eagle fans. I thought that was extremely telling about how excited people are this year. What's what's the official seating well, that's capacity? That's going to come pretty close to, to to filling out the grandstands. That's now. what I was going to ask. They get them out in the roost, and they get along the right field. You know, the right, right field line. You can put a lot of people in there, but well, I tell you what, you you know, you better start buying tickets if you want to go. And that just shows you how winning. Winning cures everything it, it, in sports. It, 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 if it doesn't cure everything, it certainly cures a lot. But I'm, yeah. I'm official glad. seating capacity of Pete Taylor is forty three hundred, um, and so you got to remember a couple new additions that we really hadn't talked about, other than the lights. You know, they the porch that they that they put down, you know, with the cement steps down uh, the first baseline. All new. That that's improved very much. So so you've got the chair backs, you got the the bleachers, the suites. They've got the uh, you know the dugout club or the uh, I'm sorry the the bullpen club, but you can get. A little more than that in there when you start taking in roost and you start taking standing uh, areas. This is an interesting stat going in, guys. Golden Eagles all-time in the Pete, 834, 347, and two. Yeah, they win, a lot, of, they win a lot of games at Pete. Almost before. triple the amount of wins to losses inside Pete's right. Well, I got word uh, from our good buddy Scott Berry. Actually, during the commercial break, he will he will be back on the Eagle Hour every Monday starting next week, and so we'll have Coach on uh, next Monday. Now he did tell me he's not going to promise to give us the starting rotation, but we'll get a great preview of the upcoming season. We'll reach out to and try to get somebody from North Alabama on the show next week to talk to them about their baseball team and about their thoughts of coming uh, here. For uh, Kelly, if you're an opposing team. Going to Hattiesburg to open the season, you can ask Mississippi State about this, uh, to play Southern Miss three games in a row. Pretty daunting way to start the year. For sure. But if you're going to get a team like Southern Miss, this is the time to get them. And when you look back right. at when you look back at Southern Miss, say the last 20 or 25 years, there have been some teams. I remember a team from Oakland, Michigan came down here. Mm-hmm. I don't know, four or five years ago. Maybe it's been longer than that. But but beat the Eagles, I think, two out of three times. People go, where are these guys from? You right. know, didn't Gonzaga? Was I, it Gonzaga? I think they came in too. Yeah, of course yeah. we've all heard of Gonzaga, but this school and but that's in basketball. Oakland, Michigan. Yeah. Um, right. came in so I'm saying this the time to get them is is early in the year yeah and i suspect north alabama will come in here and play competitive baseball i would hope that no team would come in here and play competitive yeah, I hope competitive right about they're, they're pretty they're pretty bad guys they only won seven games uh, last year so. well let me tell you something that i read good, over good time to get confidence yeah i read uh, a couple nights ago I, I, of great interest and i shouldn't bring this up because I, I forgot the kid's name but uh I saw an article out of the Biloxi Sun-Herald, and they project that this young man that transferred here from Delta State, and I talk about Delta State a lot, but people that may, may not realize that's one of probably a top 10 Division II program in America. Oh, and it's your old stomping grounds, yeah, too. Yeah, I mean, they're fantastic. Well, they've, they, a pitcher transferred here, and there's some projection that he might actually be a weekend starter. So uh, that would be uh, an unexpected nice addition to the to the team. If the weather just holds up like we've had this past well, week. Well, I checked, yeah. and there is supposed to be in the mid-60s, Perfect. 40% chance of rain. 
But you know, we got the turf, so the rain's not the factor that uh, that it has been in past years. And and the guys in the roost never know what the weather is. They don't anyway. know if it's raining or not. <laughs> no, no they, they don't. don't. Guy you're talking about, Bob, is a guy Heath Heath mentioned the other day. Hunter Riggins, six three, two hundred pound uh, pitcher, and transferred from Delta State last year at Delta State, nine and four with a two nine seven ERA, struck out ninety one batters in one hundred and fifteen innings, four complete games. He was the D2 CCA first team All-South region, um, and so he's already graduated. Uh, the year before it, at Delta State, of course, cut short by COVID, 4-2 and two with a 2.79 ERA. So this is a guy with sub-3 ERA stuff coming in, and uh, we got him for a year, and you can imagine that Coach Oz is going to use the fire. Pretty happy. Now, here's a little trivia for you, Sander. You're the king of trivia. Who is the all-time winningest pitcher in Delta State baseball history and the second all-time winningest pitcher in Division II NCAA baseball history. I would say Jeremy McLean. God, he's just amazing. Yeah, you're just amazing. Is that right? No, we've actually talked about that on the show before. We 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 talked about that one time with Jeremy on the show. Luke, you may remember he was a little embarrassed that we brought that up, but he was a dog, man. He was a dog on the pitcher's mound. I've called him a dog before and got a smile out of him. He didn't take it as an insult, so he knew what we were talking about. Well, it's, now, if we if, if we if we speak this lingo now to somebody, call him a donkey, that might be where you say, uh, that was disrespectful, Mr. McLean. We apologize. Right, right. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, that, yeah, the term now is, uh, is Well, he donkey. was a great baseball player, has a great appreciation for the Southern Miss baseball program. I think the Hill Athletic Department's in great hands with Jeremy McLean. I think the baseball program is in primo Hands with Jeremy McClellan. Can uh, can we do my yearly ritual of telling the Pete Taylor story? Yeah, go, go ahead quick. and do that. Go so, ahead. so yeah, uh, I think it was one year when I was at Southern Miss. There was a, a Diamond Darling that was taking up tickets at the top, and of course, this when Coach Taylor was still alive, and he walked up, and uh, she didn't know who he was, and she said, uh, "She said, sir, you have to have a ticket to uh, to come in here." And uh, he pointed out, he said, "You know, honey, they they usually let me in here for free. My my name's on the wall." And she looks out there and she goes, "Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Park. Come on in. Come on in, Mr. Park." <laughs> Sad thing is, today is if he if he call if he did happen to call her honey, she'd file suit. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And speaking of darlings, the young lady that wrote the article demanding that the name of the Dixie Darlings be changed again is welcome to come on the Eagle Hour if if you know her. Please have her get in touch with us. We would love to entertain her on the show. And you were talking about the prices of everything going up, the right. prices up a dollar. Everything's going up now, Bob. I was trying to stuff a pillow the other day. Even the price of down is up. I went to get some shampoo the other day. Head Hit and shoulders. Music. Head and shoulders will cost you an arm and a leg. Eagle Hour continues <laughs> right after this. <laughs> Finishing up on this Thursday, basketball tonight, men on the road at UAB and just needing something positive to happen. They will take on Andy Kennedy's UAB Blazers uh, as they uh, head up I-59 today. Tip-off for tonight's game in Birmingham at 6 p.m. As Bob mentioned earlier, the game will be televised on CBS 
Sports Network. And, of course, you can hear John Cox on the call on the Southern Miss Radio Network. Lady Eagles tonight, biggest game so far this season. Lady Eagles uh, ahead of UAB uh, by two games right now. And uh, they're battling for first place in the division. Um, just what we said the other day, guys, you keep Jones and keep Grayson out of foul trouble and let Dom Davis do her thing. And guess what? They will probably be able to pull it off tonight. But, again, not a trap game like it was Monday, but you've got to take care of business early and often tonight. Let uh, Brickayla Gray, and, and I think I think Gray specifically is going to have to have a big game tonight because you would, with, what is it, 10 games in a row, the Dom Davis, maybe 14 games in a row, Dom Davis has had more than double digits. UAB is going to key in on her, and so it may be somebody else's night tonight. And, Bob, we actually, to show that we spare no expense to getting top-notch guests on this program, Dom Davis scheduled to be on this show tomorrow, right. the tomorrow. Eagle Hour. And Looking ho- forward to it. Hopefully we're talking about a big Lady Eagle win tonight. And I hope, I hope the general public will respond and head to the greenhouse tonight and uh, let the ladies know they've got some support out there in the community. Hey, no question about it. The men got a tough road road to hoe tonight uh, against uh, UAB. You, were, you weren't here yesterday, but um, we had Jay Ladner on the show. You've been around sports as long as I have. When is the last time you heard a coach under a lot of stress, taking a lot of heat, say, hey, my office is located at such and such, such and such address, and if, if you're unhappy with the program, my door is open, you can come talk to me man-to-man, face-to-face? Never. Never. I had never heard that until yesterday. And he's serious. He's real serious. Yeah. 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 I don't know how you don't have immense respect for a man that uh, comes on this show every time he's asked. Win or lose, every time he's asked. Now, Scott Berry does that. Let me me emphasize that. But Scott's never been under the kind of pressure since I've been here that – that Jay's under right now. And just, I, just wait till we go ten and two. Just wait till we lose one of those weekend series. Just one game in that weekend series, and our good old friends on the social webs will be. Yeah, well, you heard what uh, the basketball coach said yesterday. That uh, Coach Barry called him earlier this year, told him to keep his chin up. Said, you know, we went uh, to Jackson last year, early in the year, lost a four to one game to Mississippi State, and the next day they were on the internet saying, "Fire Scott Barry." And speaking of Mississippi State and Southern Miss, I think the tickets, single game tickets, are going on sale tomorrow, if I'm not that's mistaken. Right. It uh, is tomorrow. I've already got my email because that's actually on my birthday, guys. So yeah. we couldn't go last year, and we will be doing our best to go. Well, you year. know, we didn't mention this, I don't believe, earlier this week, but uh, I, I read a piece out of the Biloxi Sun Herald this week that. Um, there's been two more home-and-home home games between Mississippi State and Southern Miss scheduled. It's down the road, but hey, give yeah, we hit it kudos last to Mississippi State. Yeah, I think you were out that day at 2030-2031, and it will add it's – a, it's a new contract. Southern Miss still will play the Bulldogs in 2023 and 2025. But, yeah, it's down the road a little bit. But, again, um, State, State uh, misses that very crucial – program that the University of Oxford has, the, the dodgeball program. State doesn't have that, and so we, we no. commend them no. for that. Hey, a lot of softball, guys, uh, this weekend, the Black and Gold Invitational as the Lady Eagle softball team gets going. Tomorrow, Sanford and North Alabama play at 10 a.m. Sanford, St. Louis play at 1. Then the Lady Eagles play at 4.30 and 7. North Alabama at 4.30, St. Louis at 7. Lady Eagles on Saturday take on Sanford at 1. North Alabama at 4 p.m. And then Sunday they play one game 
against Sanford. So uh, a weekend, five games in three days for the Lady Eagles as they open the 2022 campaign. And then the golf team will hit the links, I believe, in Mobile starting on Monday. They begin their spring season. We've always talked about John Stewart and the great job you know that's that's going on with the track program. But uh, Eddie Brescher and the the golfers are also a, a, a team very much on the rise right. Right. when you look at the NCAA rankings, and they start their uh, spring season. I think they've got four or five tournaments slated for the spring. So we'll be getting up to date, keeping up to date with the golfers and having some of the linksters here on, on the program uh, as well as the spring progresses. Well, only 30 seconds left. I know both of you guys are going to be gone tomorrow. So, uh, Luke, first, your prediction for the Super Bowl? Well, there, there's always a time to say who dat. You always say who dat no matter what, what it is. But this weekend, I will be saying who dat. Go Bengals. Burrow finds a way. The legend goes exponentially through the roof. The legend of Joe Burrow continues. He will win a Super Bowl. Kelly Sander. The only thing I'm going to predict, Bob, is that I will be awake when the clock goes to zero at mm-hmm. the end of the game. That's you're, the only thing. You're not going to. You're not going to. No, I, I think my Bengals are going to win. I think they're a team of destiny. Yeah, yeah. You know. So you'll be here Monday if they win. Or lose. Either way, you'll be here. I'm under contract. I, That's exactly I right. And don't to, you forget I, this it. Is, this is our lawyers will be in touch with you. I've ever heard of contract. First time <laughs> I've ever heard of it. All right, till 1 o'clock tomorrow, Southern Miss. To the top. To the top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the Mississippi Media Production.